It is Wednesday, April the 8th. The 8th of April. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, how are you feeling going into this Good Friday uh, weekend, knowing that there's no classic encounter between St Kilda and North Melbourne happening? I mean, I think it's devastating. It's, you know, I mean, how, how am I going to know what the Shimbona spirit levels are at? Uh, how am I going to celebrate the saints on this weekend that is holy for saints? I mean, my, my entire clock's out. It just won't be the traditional Easter that I normally do, Charlie, which is, of course, I sit down and watch the Royal Children's Hospital, uh, you know, uh, appeal on Channel 7. And uh, they do an amazing job with that. And I hope people still support that. And I think they're going to do a rejigged version of that for Good Friday. Um and then I will sit down and watch, you know, that game that I've been watching since the beginning of AFL football when it was VFL football. It's <laughs> cool to play North Melbourne in their traditional Good Friday slot. I'm not sure uh, if you saw it last weekend, but um, it was WrestleMania weekend. And uh, they went ahead and conducted the biggest wrestling date uh, of the year uh, in front of no audience. And I'm only halfway through it. They did it in two parts. It's astounding. Like... Part of me is all a little disappointed that we haven't continued with AFL season. If it was going to be anything like, if the grand final was going to be anything like WrestleMania with no audience, then we could be missing out. Is there a chance that, you know what the thing about WrestleMania is that, you know, I guess it does have the advantage of, you know, it being choreographed to a certain degree where they can put together a show that works without an audience. AFL, the games themselves, yeah, we can't play the games. But is there any reason we couldn't still be having? Because all the footy shows and stuff are still on and they've got nothing to talk about. So they create these things that, you know, yeah, stories so they can have something to talk about. Could we do fantasy rounds? Oh. Could we just have a computer program that programs all the rounds, gives out results based on like, you know, you just feed it into champion data. Mm. They put out fantasy rounds. They go like, you know, Bontempelli was best on ground. He got like 26 touches and, you know, seven hardball gets and like six tackles and whatever. And then during the week, the players still have to do all the media and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's tough on the guys who've had a shocker. Michael Hurley's had no kicks in a game and suddenly has to go on media street to apologise <laughs> for his bad fantasy football performance. Could we do it more like Dungeons and Dragons where, like, you have the players from each team set up on a Zoom and then you have, like, a dungeon master, but, like, you know, that's Gil, and he says, okay, Dustin... Uh, Dustin Martin, the ball spills out on the wing. You're 20 in the clear, but you're being pursued by Leroy Jetta. Uh, you know, what do you do? And so Dusty has to roll a dice. And based on what numbers he gets, he's got like a, 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 six different options or eight. Well, it's Dungeons Dragons eight-sided die, right? You've got eight different options of what he could do. I mean, I'm glad that you clarified that so that massive crossover audience between <laughs> Two Guys, One Cup and the Dungeons and Dragons community wouldn't get really mad about that. Um, we don't get AFL facts right on this <laughs> AFL podcast, but let's get our Dungeons and Dragons facts right. Um, I love it. I love the idea that you, so you, you go on a Skype call to Dustin Martin's house. So yeah. 
that's exciting already. I'm tuning in just to see what it looks like in you know Dustin Martin's okay. house. What do you think? Just, then, just just speculate. What do you think is going on in the background? Dustin doesn't blur his Skype background, so you can see everything that's happening. What do you think is going on in the background of Dustin Martin's home? It'll be good. You'll be just be like, oh, he's got really into the spirit by placing all those white lines around <laughs> as if they're boundary lines and 50 meter lines. <laughs> he's got a lot of female friends. Clearly a lot of female friends yeah. and not a lot of clothes. He's got a lot of female family because he's clearly socially distancing and these are members of his immediate family and it turns out there's 16 of them and they're all the same age. What an unusual birth that must have been. <laughs> all right, so Dustin's on Skype. Gil says to him what? Gil's in his big mustard jacket. He's brought out the mustard jacket for a bit of show business, but he's got it extended into a mustard robe. So Gil McLaughlin, all six foot eight of Gil McLaughlin, is in a giant mustard robe, right? Mm. And he sits on a throne that is made out of the AFL Premiership trophy. Okay, yeah. So they fashioned the trophy into a Game of, of Thrones style, like, uh, you know, Sharon's and whistles and, <laughs> and, and the cup itself. Yeah, and he's right. drinking from the cup. He's, anytime he needs a drink, he sips wine from the ceremonial Premiership. Cup. Yes. I'm bored. Entertain me. <laughs> you just see Steve Hawking come limping yeah. out and him some more wine. So, and the great thing is that everybody's die is like, is actually set up for them specifically. So on the Dustin Martin die, it might have like, you know, you do a, you know, a hard arm fend off. Yeah. Like that would be one of the things you kick hard a goal. Hard arm fend off. You know, you bounce Please, we'll call it by its proper name. What is its proper name? The, the Don't argue. There you go. Sorry. It just says DA, don't argue. <laughs> You've rolled a DA. You give someone a don't argue. Yeah. Like, you know, a Bork, Marlon Pickett has like a spin, yeah. you know, uh, on his, like, you know, a blind turn. So they're all specifically catered to the players themselves. Like Eddie Betts has a kicks one from on the boundary line sort of option on his die. So what does Levi Casbolt have on his? It's like kicks it out of bounds on the full, kicks it behind, hits the post, <laughs> kicks it in his own head. <laughs> kicks out of bounds on the full on the left-hand side, kicks out of bounds on the full on the right-hand side, kicks it into his own face. Kicks a miraculous goal over his head that no one expected it. He keeps getting picked. And Charlie Kerno's die are all pre-season injuries. It's like, does your knee playing basketball? Breaks a shoulder bodyboarding. <laughs> I mean, that is one blessed thing for Carlton supporters is they don't have to have another year of like, how the fuck is Charlie Kerno going to get injured this year? Well, I mean, he might get coronavirus. Oh, yeah. He's number, he'd be in a bubble. He'd be the number one person down at Carlton as soon as they heard about it. They would have put Charlie. Charlie Kerno's been in a bunker in self-isolation for three weeks. His family haven't heard from him. He's in a protective bunker. So can I ask what uh, you said? There's all the footy shows are still going. Have you been dipping into the normal podcasts and TV shows or have you been watching them regularly? No. Any dipping in at all? No. Okay. No, none. Let me uh, remind you, Will, that last year on this very podcast... <laughs> I brought up Kane Corns and I said, Kane Corns is a twerp. <laughs> that was my assessment of Kane's Corns as a media performer. He's a twerp. He likes to pick on people and be a twerp. Are you across what is currently happening with him? The feud is happening with an unnamed AFL superstar? Is he being a twerp or is the other person being a twerp? Oh, look, they're both being twerps, but I think one twerp begets another twerp. That's my, that's my read of the situation. <laughs> I see your twerp and I return a twerp. The only appropriate response to a twerp is another twerp. Well, one of the twerps that is responding who's been identified as Tex Walker. So apparently uh, when Kane Corns is hosting SEN in Adelaide, 
the Adelaide players love to prank call him. Like, I think Kane Corns is becoming the Tony Jones of South Australia. Like, if he's not chompers yet, there's a chompers coming. That's my feeling. He, well, yeah, I can imagine. Like, there's a proud history of prank calls in Adelaide. There used to be famously like an old right wing sort of talk back guy called like, I can't remember what his name was, like Bob Roberts or something like that. And there's actually a tape that went round of these sort of young Adelaide guys. Some of them comedians, some of them people who've gone on to have media careers, some of them just mates, but they're, they would essentially were involved in this like long running competition to get like prank calls, fake calls on this show. And there's actually a compilation of them. Is that, that India? I don't know, got officially. Is that India? The one where it's like they slip India into uh, the call? I, I'm pretty sure it is, oh, yes. That's a, that I is think, a classic. I think it's the same one. That is. Track that down if you've never heard it. It's a, Just Google India prank calls. It's one of the best prank call compilations going around. And I will say this also. If you've never heard uh, Toby from Newport, are you familiar with the legend of Toby from Newport? No. If you go to the internet and you type in Toby from Newport, in fact, uh, podcast Mike, see if you can find some information on Toby from Newport because Toby from Newport is one of the most famous prank calls of all time. So again, the mythology around who Toby from Newport actually is is an enduring mystery of the <laughs> Melbourne media. But Bruce and Phil, Bruce Mansfield and Phil uh, Brady, uh, these old school sort of show businessy people have had this like nightlife show on 3AW for um, uh, uh, podcast. Mike is literally saying he can cut in the audio of Toby from Newport <laughs> into the mix. <laughs> yes, this is what this podcast has become. But yes, you should definitely do that because it is the greatest prank call of all time because he lures them in. They think he's this little kid called Toby. It's a tell a joke segment. He tells the famous, what's the funniest smelling thing in the world? And they are right there, hook, line and sinker. And when he drops the punchline, <laughs> their reaction is honestly 30 seconds of the best radio you will ever hear in your life as these two old showbiz guys realize that they have just let through this like terrible uh thing uh live to air well it got, it got dumped but they start apologizing to the people who were already on the line who would have heard it it's amazing radio toby's at newport hello toby hi bruce hi phil yes toby how are you good oh, good thanks um it's very late mum lets me stay up and listen to you guys some nights good. i love listening it's the best um, me and my brother love to listen good boy um i have a joke Yes. Um, what's the funniest smelling thing in the whole wide world? The funniest smelling thing in the whole wide world? Yes. Perhaps your nose. Oh, nah. What was it? An, an anchovy. Oh, uh, what a pity, Toby. You, you've ruined your track record there. Never call us again, please. Never in your life even think about it. And this. think, all right, we've dumped you, Toby, but there are people like Carmen and Queenie online and could hear that in their ear Richard, and are offended. Richard and Mary, and we heard it and Simon heard it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're not there. So you've ruined it for all of us. Oh, Toby, if you're ever thinking of tuning in again, just don't get a life. And Toby, grow up. You're old enough now to stop that filth. Uh, I can tell you how bad it was. Even Keith McGowan was offended by it. That's how coarse it was. And that's that's really scraping the bottom of the barrel. I've never been offended. Bill Howie's gone home. Yes. He doesn't even work here. In fact, a couple of the Indian cleaners have resigned. <laughs> so, uh, Kane Corns, hosting radio. Uh, getting hassled by Adelaide players. So, 
There is one player that Kane is threatening to out and to shame, a guy who he says keeps sending him texts directly and harassing him. And it's, of course, it's a, it's a cause of some speculation is who is this player? Who is this player that keeps harassing Kane Corns? I mean, my theory is if Chad was still playing, it's probably Chad Corns, right? Because, I mean... I was literally waiting for you to say your guess and then I was going to say Chad Corns. Yeah. It's definitely Chad Corns. What number one suspect. It's like a murder mystery where like the wife dies and it's most of the time it's going to be the husband who did it, you know? Like in this case, we can go through and speculate about which of the Adelaide players it would be. But it's not. It's Chad pretending to be a current day player. Chad still knows enough about what it's like to be a current day player and he's hiding in plain sight by deflecting and making it look like it's one of the current day players. What do you think though, if you've made your career as a twerp, like that's Kane Corns' bread and butter. He likes to, on a Monday, get on the front foot, say something controversial, try and retire a player, try and get a coach sack, whatever it is, just to get... So when people start firing back at him, can the twerp be offended and feel victimised? That's my question to you. No, and I don't think that the, the, the twerp ever is, but you've got to get a little bit of pantomime of being offended and getting on there. Oh, you, rec- you like, reckon Kane's playing up to it? Oh, absolutely. It's all part of the mythology of it, right? Because if he just lets it go, it doesn't become as big a thing. He's got to respond again. They've got to fire back and forth. It's got to be a twerp off. <laughs> you've got to twerp it. Let me twerp it. So um, here's what I would say is easy job. What a, if you've decided that's your job in the media, what a fun, easy job it actually is. Because you're basically just going in to say, going, I'm just going to pick something and I'm just going to like, you know, make people mad about it. And I don't really care one way or the other about this thing. So if people get mad about it, that's good because that's exactly what I was looking for people to do in the first place. So you just go, oh yeah. Like Caroline Wilson did it a bit with the North Melbourne story, right? Like the AFL's off, can all 10 teams come back in Victoria? That's a pretty easy. You wake up in the morning as a twerp and you're like, this is a great day to be a twerp. I love the smell of twerp in the morning, right? You are ready to go. You have a second coffee because coffee because you are going to twerp yeah. on and you suddenly just get a list of current day clubs and you speculate about which ones won't be back. That is like a red letter twerp day. You smell that? It's a smell of twerpentine. <laughs> Seriously, it is... That's the only thing that can erase Shimbone's spirit, twerpentine. <laughs> so you've got to get yourself some twerpentine. Well, it's funny you should bring up Caro because she was on uh, Footy Classified with Kane when he was bemoaning, like being harassed by this unnamed superstar. Um, but Caro and Matthew Lloyd, who was also on the panel, they managed to turn around on Tex Walker. I actually feel like, if you, and it makes sense now that you're saying, oh, Kane's definitely playing up for it because they used... They used, they brought Tex Walker into the equation because Tex isn't hiding behind his attacks on Kane. He does it quite publicly. He does the phone-ins and he sends in texts and stuff. But they managed to flip that into, hey, why don't we look at some lowlights from Tex Walker's career in the past two years? And starting with the 2016 grand final, and it was like, oh boy. Like, I think at that... And when you say starting with the 2016 grand final, you mean they played the entire 2016 grand final just to prove the point that he had had a really terrible game. Well, hasn't like his, like hasn't the shine from Tex Walker's crown dimmed in the past four years? Like he went from being the AFL Players Association, like, you know, uh, the, the unanimous kit for the captain and, you know, one of the toughest players to now just being someone who people, like people doubt his courage now. Like he, I remember Nick Revolt, there was some questions around Nick Revolt uh, being a diver sort of around about the same point of his career. 
And so Nick Revolt had to play an extra five years on a broken leg carrying a shit team just to get his reputation back. Like, it's amazing how that can happen. You can be a champion, All-Australian, like, you know, All-Australian captain. And then, you know, just have a couple of low years and all of a sudden people are questioning your legacy. Well, I think it's not just what happened on field, but also that it felt like from the outside it was a time where the Adelaide team was let down by leadership. You know, with all the camp stuff, with the coach stuff, with like, you know, there was just a lot of the time. And maybe it was a terrible time to be the captain because we'll never really find out what went on with that camp. But something clearly that really upset and divided a lot of people happened at that camp, whatever it was. And then they never told the truth about it, which meant the captain had to be out there defending the players, but at the same time defending the club who'd put the – like, if you're a player who's been upset about what happened at the camp – and then your captain is out there saying, no, 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 we're all fine. We, everything's cool. Then he, there's maybe a bit of you that goes, I understand that he has to say that he's the captain and that's what he's doing. But there's probably another part of you that's like, fuck that guy. He shouldn't be saying that. There's, no, that was a shit camp. And now mm. I don't trust in him as a leader anymore. Like at least from that perception was maybe what was happening on the outside. Can you think of another team that's had as quick a fall from playing in a grand final as Adelaide, like to be four years later and like just mass exodus. I can't really think of another well, club. D- d- depends. Depends what happens to the Bulldogs this year. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, after St Kilda played last, played finals in 2011 and then by 2013 we'd traded out Goddard and Del Santo and like, I guess we'd had it. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be throwing stones from this glass house. <laughs> um, what about the idea of getting all the AFL players to – live on an island or something or like you know they, they might you know play satellite tournaments in western australia if the coronavirus you know clears up there and they but they might isolate like the nrl are literally you know thinking about the idea of having their own sort of area space island whatever it is like the ufc are thinking about trying to actually find an actual island and there is a part of me that's like if we condense the season to two months right mm. if they just decide we can only play two months Put them all on an island and let's just play, like, let's film it. Let's make some reality shows around it. Let's have them all living in the same space. Like they, We play a game every day, like for two months, you know, it's just on a rotation. They work it out so that everyone can just sort of play and live in the same space for our entertainment. I, I would actually be up for that. Are, you, are they playing for points? Yeah, for points. But this is how we do it. We just go, it's like the season is two months. Um, we've got a round robin system. You'll be playing games every four days or every five days for us to get the appropriate amount. Of, yeah, it's like an, one of those Olympic tournaments or yeah, World yeah. Cup tournaments where you're just like, sometimes you'll play a couple of games close to each other. You might have a week off because of the rotation and those sort of things. You're all living on an island together. You're all protected. It's only two months of your life. They used to get on a boat for six months to go to the Ashes. Yeah. You know, yeah. the idea that these sports people could just have two months, maybe take your families. I don't know. It depends how big the island is probably, but... Like maybe some people can take their families as well if they need to. We work them all on an island. You've got plenty of time to make extra content because like you take the news crews and whatever over there and they live on the island as well. And you just, you know, you can interview the players. You can, you know, have some cooking shows, some reality shows, some at home playing games with style shows. Just two months of prime. You don't get your six month season, yeah. but we're just going to condense all your AFL into two months. And the best bit is... Once the season's over, you can do your end-of-season footy trip because you're already on an island. You don't have to go anywhere. I mean, and film that too. Yeah. Film that. 
but pay-per-view. That's how we make the money back for the AFL. I mean, it sounds like what you want is basically a reality TV show based around the entire AFL competition. You want to, yeah. you don't just want the games, but you want to get the inside on each club and, you know, have these little subplots and stories going. I reckon that could work. Would the games be abridged in terms of like length? Are we, you know, like in well, junior so what, footy? So what, what, what I was going to say is, yeah, you can abridge the length of the games, but I think you'd pay off in the idea of it becomes more like the wrestling yeah. in that the storylines can still continue. Mm. You start to get a sense of this club's in trouble. This club is yeah, blah, blah, blah. They're all living in each other's spaces. There's going to be blow-ups. There's going to be unlikely friendships. But also you could have a 24-hour AFL channel. So if you want to like learn how to like, you know, you, you know, dag a sheep with ben cunnington he could have like you know a sort of like you know reality show where he teaches you how to do that right there would be your know, opportunities because you've got all the cameras there you've got the studios there you've got these resources anyway that you could really broaden our entire view on the afl and the players yeah i'm down with that i mean i think it would maybe it's time to bring aflx back like let's not have them play proper games. Like if everything's going to be topsy turvy and up in the air, we just make it a new thing. Let's like let's just bring in a new game. They play on a rectangular field. Uh, a goal is worth twenty six points. <laughs> like let's just change it all up. You know, same skills applied. You got to kick, you got a handball, and all that kind of stuff. But let's just change it all up. I think it would be strange. Well, how about they just try to get the exact amount of same experience you would get in a normal season into two months. So they don't cut it to 17 games. They go, we're going to play all 22 games, but we're going to play you know, every every third day you'll have to play in your team. So you're just going to have to use your squad and you're going to have to do all that. Um, normally we'd score four times as many points like in a season because you know of, of the season, but in these games we're not going to go. So we're going to make every score worth four times what it was normally worth. So goals are now worth 24 points. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. So, so at the end sense. of the season – you right. point, you are, still are, kick are points goals. worth four points? <laughs> points are worth four points. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and goals are worth 24 points. Yeah. And count as four goals to your common tally. Yeah. Great. So, like, you could still kick 100 goals in a season. Ah, I love it. I think this is, well, I think we're onto something here. So, then what happens? So, so, then you get the exact same experience. It's just completely condensed. It's like, you know what we're doing? We're binge watching. An entire season of AFL football, okay. basically, is what we're doing. And so, maybe we can also have a round. Because, you know, like every week when you'd watch the highlights is like, you know, the three nominations for goal of the week, the three nominations for mark of the week. Maybe we have a round which is only for highlights. So it's like every shot for goal has to be a spectacular shot for goal. You, there's no straight in front drop punts. Like you've, everything's got to be on the run, on an angle, dribble shot, trick shot, every mark. You've got to fly for everything. In fact, the umpire will penalize you if you kick backwards to space. <laughs> like you have to kick to a contest I, every time. No, I, here's what I will say. Let's give each team a season quota. Okay. Because this would be interesting, right? Because... Yeah, and penalize them based on their quota, right? If they don't miss. So if you have like in your quota, you've got to do 60 trick shots from the boundary. Like you can spend them all early, get them out of the way. You can keep them to a sort of like just try to get through five or six trick shots from the boundary a game. Or you could get to round 18 and have to get away, like you said, two games where essentially all you're doing is taking trick shots from the boundary <laughs> just so that you don't get penalized. So who, if you had to pick one team to be like the trick shot specialists. Yeah. Who would that be? Like, who do you think has the most the most amount of kind of like uh, mercurial talent? Is it like Brisbane? I my immediate thought was Brisbane. Yeah. That was the 
my mind without really knowing why went to Brisbane. Yeah, it's, I'm just trying to think. Brisbane or West Coast, although Willy Rioli's out, so that sort of takes away some trick shot talent as well. Who else? Fast track Willy Rioli's suspension. Willy Rioli's the, the one guy who probably doesn't care too much about the fact that the entire season has been called off. He's like, everything's come up, Willy. <laughs> now, uh, we put the call out last time we did the show, Will, for a bit of correspondence. We have an email address now. Uh, if anyone wants to send us an email, you can at two guys one cup afl at gmail.com. That's the number two, the letter one. Uh, AFL, all lowercase, at gmail.com. Uh, a lot of people have come in, have written in suggesting uh, changes to the competition, things that we can do to get the competition running. So Great. we're on to a good thing. Uh, this is from Tim. He says, hello, Roosters. I have a few quarantine-themed footy questions for you guys. Bit of fun to take our minds off this very serious pandemic. Question one, do you have to eat one food for the rest of your life and that food must be sold at the football? What do you choose? So it, it, it must be already sold at the football. Yes. And I have to eat that one food every day or it's the only food I'm ever eating? It's just the one food for the rest of your life. So I'm sure it can be supplemented with other meals. So it's just something you have to eat every day regardless of whatever else you're eating. I know what okay. I'd choose. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, hot jam donuts you choose. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, well, hopefully I'm not trapped at Giant Stadium because uh, as we discovered last year, they don't have hot jam donuts at Giant Stadium, which is a bloody disgrace. Just when you think AFL had made it all the way to the eastern states, no hot jam donuts. Beer. <laughs> Does beer count as a food? Yes. For this scenario, I'm going to have a... I think of all the things they sell at the football, I would... I'd be fine to have a beer every day, but I don't think I would be fine to have some hot chips every day or something I wouldn't else be fine to eat hot jam donuts, but if I'm going to pick one, I mean, that is my favourite thing Yeah, to but get one a day. Like, if, if you are able to eat all the rest of... Like, if it's exclusively all you can eat, then, mm. like, there's no good choices. No. You well, know, you'd f- you can pick the sushi that you get at the SCG. <laughs> that's what you'd yeah, pick because well, it's healthy. Well, well that's what I'm going to say is if it's literally that I have to eat it every single day exclusively, then I'm just picking the thing that is the most nutritious and I'm going to choose that regardless, right? Mm. But if I'm just saying that it's something that I have to, in my diet, I have to have one of a day, I could easily have a hot jam donut every day for the rest of my life as long as I was eating other food. Uh, question two, you can do one activity for the rest of your life, but you get to do it with a football player. What activity do you choose and what player? No, you don't get to hang out with the player. You just get to do the activity with them. Okay, so it's not about what footballer do I want to be my best friend. It's like, what footballer do I want to do an activity with? I mean... And am I doing it... What do you say, every day? Yeah, every day for the rest of your life. Well, no, not every day. No, just one activity for the rest of your life with a football player. So let's say it's a daily routine. Right, and I and I am only hanging out with this person for the period of time we're doing the activity. Exactly. Ben Cousins. <laughs> uh, Shane Mumford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, better choice. Sauce. Shane Mumford. Willie Rioli. Yeah. I have a good time with Willie Rioli, I think. Um, look, I can't, I know you're saying we can't be friends, we're not going to be friends, but I think just say, you know, it's every day you get to, I would love to get flying lessons from Nat Fife just to hang out with Nat. I would, I would be fascinated to sit next to Nat Fife for an hour a day, whatever, however long the flying lesson takes. If to have Nat Fife teach me how to fly a chopper shirtless with his beanie and his two brown lows hanging around his neck. 
I mean, I don't think I would ever get bored of that. I, I just, I just, I would just stare at him. I would just stare at him and 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 just and 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 marvel at Nat Fife. I think I'd like learn how to play guitar with Bob Murphy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you want to go fishing with Paddy Dangerfield? No, I don't like fishing. I, I think I'd quite like to hang out with Paddy Dangerfield, but I don't think that fishing would be the thing that we would bond over. What about, uh, would you like to uh, work behind uh, the counter with uh, Max Gorn at his cafe? <laughs> it is um, Pop-Up you know Cafe? Uh, Pop-Up Cafe, like the idea of that. That's kind of a fun little project. I've met Max Gorn a couple of times and I've, I've always liked him as a media performer, but he clearly has no interest in me. <laughs> and I th- think that that would eventually become disconcerting. The fact that we were doing this same activity together every single day. And every single day when I got there, he would look at me like we'd never met before. And I feel like that would really... Actually, maybe that's better. Maybe the fact... Okay, now I'm going to turn this into a positive. The fact yeah. that I've met Max Gorn three times and uh, I remember all of those three times. And for him, each of those times is completely forgettable. And next time when I meet him again, he'll think that he's never met me before <laughs> as he has previously. That's actually good in this scenario where I have to do it every single day because it's a fresh start at the very least. And I, there's not a lot on the line. So, no, I'm fine with that. I'll go and work in a pop-up cafe with Maxi. All right, question three. You get one football player you can communicate with for the rest of your life, be it via Skype, video calling or writing letters. Who do you pick? It can also be a football personality. Thanks for all the last. Stay safe, Tim. All right. So this is more of a friendship. You can have a, a relationship with a football or a footballing personality for the rest of your life. I mean, I know who the answer is for you. And I think kind of, oh. Oh, okay. It's, I, 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 you say who you think, I think it is for me. I think like Jared Healy. I think you would love to be able oh, to. Oh, my God. You know me so well. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's Jared Healy. Maybe you won't know who it is. And absolutely, you knew who it was. It was Jared Healy. <laughs> I honestly was like, nah, he, he's wrong. He's barking up the wrong tree here. He's not going to know that I'm going to say Jared Healy. And yeah, Jared Healy. You've told you me. didn't even think there would be anybody else. I at least went through some other options before I was like, nah, it's Jared. Well, it's either, either going to be Jared Healy or Lee Matthews. I know that they're your two... Oh, that was my other one! <laughs> I know. They're your two football dads. You've told me on numerous occasions that you wish, wish Jared Healy was your dad, or at least you wish your real dad had won a Brownlow. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I literally, the first two names that came into my mind were Lee Matthews and Jared Healy. And then I just eventually was like, you know what? I think Jared, I'd be able to talk to about like smoking pot and stuff like that in a way that I wouldn't be able to talk to Lee Matthews about those things. So I think, I think eventually, yes, Jared Healy would be the person. I actually, this is a, a kind of left field, but I've just been getting into uh, purple. Damien Barrett has a new oh, yeah. show on, um, uh, on AFL.com called coach where he sits down with Ross Lyon and they did, they've done two episodes. The first one went up last week and I had forgotten how much I love listening to Ross Lyon and Ross Lyon off the chain a bit, like not uh, encumbered by having to represent a football club or anything like that is the best kind of Ross Lyon. I, well, cause you felt like he wasn't really holding back that much when he did have to represent a football club. So to, to know there's an extra gear there has been, no, I'm a bit with you. I've, I haven't been listening to footy programs, but Ross Lyon has been popping up on some regular programs I listen to. And I have been, very amused and impressed and he's got that great cocky charm 
of someone who just does not quite give it. Like he's not performatively, like he doesn't have that. He's not a twerp. He's not Kane Corns. No. He's not somebody no. who's saying something, yeah, to be provocative in that space. But he says quite provocative things and he's got a dry sense of humour and he's got a lot of confidence, but in a way that is actually quite attractive, you know? Like you you are won over by his sense of confidence yeah. about himself. Well, when he pots someone, it's not like Kane Corns who just like pots someone and there's no real kind of logic behind it. But in that first episode of Coach, he pots Tony Cochran. And it's beautiful. Like, it's just such a... In that laconic Ross line, drunk uncle kind of style, he just manages to slap down Tony Cochran, which, let's be honest, I mean, there's a lot of targets on Tony Cochran. It's not hard. But Ross does it with such uh, ease and charm. It's a, it's a marvel to watch. So I reckon I'd like to be able to chat to Ross the boss. Yep, good choice. Uh, like next uh, email is from Cat. Hey guys, Tuesday 24th, my phone pings telling me that I had a podcast to listen to. Realizing that it was you guys talking about footy adjacent topics really helped pull me out of a very apathetic day. Obviously, I love a good TOEFOP, but I need some footy. I don't know if you plan to continue releasing episodes this year, but my self-isolation definitely got better because I laughed at Ben Cunnington. I'm a Richmond supporter who accidentally got infected with Richmondy. Still, still, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. But the fact that Ben Cunnington got uh, advanced hair is still possibly the weirdest story of this year. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm a Richmond supporter who accidentally got infected with Richmondy. Oh, yes, that was a deliberate and I'm not sorry. Uh, talking about money tightening up, I realized uh, that Rant's leaving when he did left our salary cap a bit lighter. But a quick side note. You do have a membership to your podcast. It's called Patreon. And I support you regardless if you play more podcasts this year or not. In this category, obviously. Thank much for appreciation and thanks for all the laughs over the years. So that goes back to our discussion around memberships. And are you supporting a club or are you buying tickets to a game? Did you see Eddie Maguire versus Tony Jones? Uh I got like it's a bit like the Imagine video. I got like thirty seconds in, I'm like, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> I just I just can't do it. Can you give me the gist of it? Uh, no, well, the first thirty seconds gave you the gist of okay, where it right. was going. But yeah. basically the big blow up was like it's clearly two guys who are like in the same studio who see each other every single day in the middle of like something like this. And they're just two bulls in the paddock a bit. And, you know, they'd obviously been getting on each other's nerves and it blew up just way out of proportion, you know, in the middle of what was meant to be a gentle cross to plug, you know, footy confidential later that night and turned into this sort of, you know, moment of these two guys getting up at each other and a bit of fault on both sides and whatever. It was all just pantomime nonsense. But it was around the issue of... Uh, memberships and, and ticket price and whether people should get their memberships back. And Eddie was making the case of, you know, that of course we're going to look after those who are in financial hardship, but we also are encouraging people to, you know, you know keep their memberships because, you know, we have an employee and employees and we, you know, if you want us to bounce back, like you said, basically, the idea of going, if I can afford to keep paying this, I will keep paying this because they will be in a better position to bounce back you know, and not and and rehire people and keep people on and all these sort of things if I don't give up my membership. But I don't think there's anybody in the world who also doesn't understand that if you're a footy fan who just lost your job and have no hope of getting a new job in the foreseeable future and you have bills to pay and food to put in your family's mouth, that clubs should facilitate that. Mm. Like the line should be very simply, if you can keep 
you know, paying it. Like the Patreon, a good example. Like I wouldn't encourage anybody who suddenly lost their job who, you know, is looking around it. I cancelled a few of my subscriptions and stuff when I lost my job because mm. I, I don't have any money coming in. And so I can't have as much money coming out. And yeah, so but people you, wanted to... you cancelled your subscription to Fabergé Egg Weekly. Uh, so, I mean, that was... Well, I mean, you've got to keep up on the latest Fabergé Eggs, you know? <laughs> like, you know, when I'm sitting down to watch Fabergé 360, how am I going to understand the important points they're talking about if I haven't read the Fabergé record? You know, you've just got to know what's going on with the eggs. How many Fabergé eggs can Stewie Lowe hold in his hands? That's the big question this week. Look at the back page of the Herald Sun for the answer. Uh, anyway, so my point being on membership, sorry, yep. to, but is I'm going to keep mine, yeah, you know, and I I think a lot of people will keep theirs, but I think footy clubs should also facilitate giving memberships back to those who who um who need the money right now, particularly if they're on, you know, recurring monthly payments and you can just cancel the payment. They should be doing that. Uh, Ewan writes in, hi, Charlie and Will. My partner and I have had an idea for how the AFL M season could continue in light of the current COVID-19 situation. Here we go. This is harking back to your idea, Will. What you do is you get every team and their staff, the umpires and the broadcasters to live in a big brother hunger game style type scenario at the MCG and continue the games as normal. No one enters or leaves the MCG except for deliveries of supplies. Maybe ship in some Auskick kids in and out. I'm not sure about that. The games will continue as normal on the weekends with the other teams as the crowd. Oh, I love that. So when you're not playing, you're forced to sit in the crowd and make some noise. Maybe we could get the Giants to send it's down like that, school that, sports. that recording. The go Giants or whatever that bullshit was that every Giant supporter tried to let us, every Giant supporter tried to gaslight us into telling us that wasn't a recording. That was just their most vocal supporter. It's a goddamn recording, you idiots. We're not, we work in broadcasting. We know we're recording when we hear one. It would be great if the Giants suddenly became the best supported club based <laughs> on the fact that the pre-existing noise they pipe into games anyway, they don't actually notice that much of a difference. Um, I, I like the idea of everybody watching. It's got a school sports sort of, you know, feel to it. Yeah. Um, you get to see in camera shots how they're reacting, whether they're excited about – like imagine Eddie Betts kicking a goal from the boundary and all the superstars of the AFL who are sitting there together just like going up like it's All-Star Weekend in the AFL. But it would also be interesting to know which teams the majority of AFL players like and dislike because you're going to hear right. cheers and boos at the game. So it would be interesting to know – like, you know, does Collingwood get louder boos when they're playing or do they get more cheers? Like, how does the AFL feel about, how do AFL players feel about the other teams? I reckon that'd be fascinating. And so I love the idea of the teams watching, but I think this is why you need an island because you're going to get a whole range of volunteers because yeah. you're going to need people to work the concession stands and all these sort of things, right? You know, be security at the games, right? Why? So it's only players though. No, because here's my idea, okay, right? right? You have... A running staff, you know, they work in the hotels, they work, you know, you're going to have to need all these people to sort of facilitate, you know, the actual day-to-day -day life, you know, provide groceries, put meals together, like run things on this island, right? So they then are on a roster where they can go to games. Yeah. So, you know, you work like in the hotel four days a week, you know, looking after the players, but, you know, three days a week you go to the footy. And you become part of the crowd. So suddenly we're playing these games in front of like the other players, but also like at least a bit of a crowd. 
Yeah, of staff who were forced to be there. Who wouldn't be there if they weren't being paid. No, you're volunteering based on the fact that you, you want to. You love football, all right. You love football. If Imagine you're unemployed right now and yeah. you say to people, here's what your job could be for the next four months. We're going to pay you like, sorry, two, yeah, three months of wages or whatever. And you go to the footy three days a week. Yeah. And you have to put up... And you can roster on and off for your games, like the, the team you support and all those sort of things. You have to put up with Stewie Dew coming up to the concession stand at halftime. It's like, this is not technically for you, coach. We're out of pies, Mr. Dew. Get more. <laughs> he loves pies. Uh, <laughs> Stu- well, he was involved in a bet where he had to eat the same food from the footy ground every day for the rest of his life. <laughs> Ewan continues. The games would continue uh, as normal on the weekends with the other teams as a crowd... Maybe one Thursday night game, two Friday games, three on a Saturday and Sunday. Training schedules might be hard, but achievable with some early morning or late night sessions. You could renovate some corporate boxes to have bunk beds to house everyone. You could probably even set up an orthopedic surgery suite in-house. Will they all get infected at some point? Almost certainly. (laughs) Would there be 24-7 footage of every player, of every team in the Big Brother style reality show? You betcha. Cheers, Ewan. I love it. Well, I love it, Ewan. I mean... I, I just think, you know, we're thinking too small. Like, we get some extra people in there. The corporate boxes, yeah, let's sell them. There might be some people who are suddenly out of work for, you know, three months, but they've got this pre-existing corporate box. Like, you know what you do? You go to the footy. Do some deals. You do know, some deals. we're all quarantined. Everybody on this island has agreed to the fact that, like, you know, that they are in it together. So you need a hospital and some staff and stuff like that in case some people get sick. But... um you, you screen everybody on the way in. It's it's a good idea. When Collingwood play... This is how you get footy to Tasmania. <laughs> when, Colin, when Collingwood play, does someone get given Joffa's gold jacket? Like, does a player from the opposition get given Joffa's gold jacket? I love it. I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think Joffa would love that. I, you know? Just disinfect it before you put it on. That's my, that's my recommendation. I mean, in general. Jeff says, hey guys, I love the podcast. Missing out on your regular takes in the AFL season might be the biggest downside of missing the AFL season. And I include actually missing the AFL season in that assessment. I recently saw an idea that a soccer club in Europe had when their season got postponed. A club organized a competition playing FIFA 20 online and representatives from various clubs, either players or fans, were nominated to represent their club. They ended up with 128 participants and they played in a big round-robin style competition. So, if you guys are wanting something to occupy the space of the AFL season, how about the Two Guys One Cup alternative AFL season? We get a player from each club to participate, or a fan if the players are unwilling, which I would imagine they would be. So we'll get a series of fans. (laughs) Who participate in a round-robin competition that is uniquely Two Guys One Cup. One round might be nat fi- a Nat 5 quiz. Another could be... I've got a question for you, Charlie, yeah. just before we go on. Do you think in the 600 players in the AFL, there is any who listen to this podcast? None. Categorically zero. zero. Not, not one single one. Like Not even secretly, there's one player who listens to this. Well, look, anecdotally, from the people who contact us and the, from the people who have turned up to our live shows... I'd say most people are 30 plus. I don't know that, like, unless it's, you know, Paddy Ryder or whoever the oldest player in the competition is these days, maybe they got it because, you know, they probably listened to Triple J or something like that or watched The Glass House. Or, but I just reckon all the, all the current players, they're, they're not our 
demographic. We're just a couple of old fuckheads who don't know anything about football. Why don't they live? What's well, the maybe motivation? you're thinking about it the wrong way around, though. I'm not the way in here. You're the way in. Right. You were on home oh, and away. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they might have been teenagers in those formative years when you were on home and away and they've been following your career. Maybe. I mean, that is possible. I don't think that's what's happened. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So you reckon none? Not one single no. person out of the entire has any AFL. Has any player, when you were doing Triple M and you had players coming in, did any of them mention it? Uh, not one of them ever mentioned it. No. I've ne- I, I imagine there's probably none either. Okay. Let's expand this universe out a little bit if we could then. Okay. Um, club officials. Any coaches. Let's start with coaches. Do you think that there would be anyone, any AFL coach who might listen to this show? No. <laughs> no. No, not even assistants. I, I look. I don't know. The only person I know who is associated with the football club is uh, Claire White, who is uh, the marketing manager at the Saints. She listens to the podcast because she's messaged me after episodes, um, and I know she listens. But I think she met me first and then started listening to the show. I don't think she found the show. I don't think she found the show through her work or anything like that. I think it was because. I, you know, I'm a member of, I'm an ambassador for the same football club. So she thought I'd better get across what this guy does. AFL administrators. Is there any AFL administrators listening to this show? Yes, there is. There is. There's someone, uh, a woman who's on the board at Essendon listens to our show because she's messaged us before on Twitter. Um, I can't remember what her official capacity is, but I, I believe she's on the board at Essendon. Uh, this is terrible. I don't know her name, but uh, yeah, no, she messaged us after some post or something like that. She definitely is a it, it listens to the show. Well, has umpires. listened to the show. Any umpires? Are there any umpires? Goal umpires, field umpires listening at AFL level? <laughs> yeah, no AFL. <laughs> <laughs> no, perhaps at like a junior level or, or something like that. Mascots? Are there any guys who dress up as the mascots for clubs listening to this show? Um. I think yes, only because comedian Matt Stewart, who's a big Saints supporter, oh, yeah. I know that okay. he occasionally listens to this show, and I believe the Saints asked him to do some kind of hosting at the game, like they got him on the mic or something, you know, when they do the halftime kind of stuff. Right. So does that count? I mean, well, we're scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel, so for us it's going to have to count. If you fall into any of those categories, please contact us and let us know. Um, we don't have to reveal who you are on the air. You can keep it a secret. And meet Baines. He's been on the show. Well, he's been on the show, yeah. But that's like, is there anyone who's not actually been on the show who <laughs> listens to the show? Because <laughs> that is a hard way to get people to listen, having to have them on the show in the first place. Yeah, I don't know if mate actually was a fan of the show. I think he came on because I asked no. him to. <laughs> Exactly. Under sufferance. Yeah. One guest under sufferance appeared on the show. That's as close to connected to the AFL community as we are. I mean, what what would you want to come out of? Would you want and would you want AFL players to be listening to this? I mean, I'm terrified Kane Corns might listen to some of these episodes where I call him a twerp. And then he then like, I get who, put on who are these twerps. And then I get these put on blast. Actually, I said, he was saying to us, these young twerps, but we're like old enough to be his dad. <laughs> we're so much older than Kane Corns. doesn't feel like that should be right, but it's true. We are older than Kane Corns. <laughs> yeah. You would not know it from listening to this show. But, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So go on with this scenario. Okay. So, um, uh, all right. So we get a, a, a fan to listen, in, yep. uh, get a fan to participate. We pick a player from each club or a fan. 
Um, one might be a Nat Fife quiz. Another could be who demonstrates the best uh, sock washing technique round, which is video streamed. Another could be naming best and fairest from each club or captains. Who's got the most expensive haircut round? I'm sure there's many more yourselves and your listeners can come up with. For a round robin competition, it would need 16 teams. 18 won't work. So it could be first in best dressed. Or Gold Coast can be bulldozed into the quiz ocean, meaning we just need to drop one more. A round robin of 16 teams means 15 matchups, including finals. One week should be enough to get us through this abandoned season. Cheers, lads, and go Eagles. Hey, Jeff, if you want to set that up and get it going on the Facebook page or something like that. And then do it. We un- do most of it. <laughs> then we're very, very fine with that. Do we have to do nothing? Great. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Nick writes in, dear Will and Charlie, most football podcasts will probably be struggling to find content during these COVID-19 times, but given you generally don't talk much about actual games, you'll probably be fine. We seem to be fine so far. (laughs) (laughs) That said, I thought you might like to use the following guide on how a newcomer can pick an AFL team. Feel free to forget forget to mention Collingwood. (laughs) Uh, Looking forward to Two Guys, One Cup continuing for the rest of the year to help keep the coronavirus blues away. Cheers, Nick. Okay, so what he's done is he's gone through each team and he's given pros and cons. So I'll read them out and you can... You can add your right. two cents. Uh, Adelaide, pro, classy and very proud history. Well, up until the last four years. <laughs> I was going to say, was this written a couple of years ago? Because this is outdated information. Uh, most likely to hold your dick on a fucking preseason <laughs> camp that tears the fucking club apart after you pretend to be fucking statues and choke on grand final day. Uh, pro? Well, that, well, I was going to get to their cons, but I think you've given a great con there. Uh, his con is their white bread boring. Are they? Yeah, I guess the the crowbot era has still bled into the modern era. When they had Eddie, they had a bit more kind of, they were more exciting in personality. But without Eddie, you're like, yeah, they are a bit boring. Who's their flashiest the player now? Um, oh, is Rory Sloan? Is he a bit boring? Because like, the Crouches are a bit boring. They're all boring. Rory's like not boring, is he? I don't think he's exciting. I mean, I always get Dex Rory is- Sloan and Dyson Heppel confused. They, they remind me of the same kind of player. I was just like, oh, yeah, okay, whatevs. <laughs> yeah, they, they do have that sense of going, you are the best country footballer of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Brisbane Lions, pro, exciting young team that used to be Fitzroy. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, I like that. Cons, maroon is an awful colour. Is, is maroon... An awful colour? No, I think that's actually, there's no con there for Brisbane. Exciting young team. And the colour of their jumper is awful. I don't think it is. I like maroon. I think, I think it's a good maroon, colour. Particularly that maroon with that blue in it, that like a little bit of gold. Like, I actually think it's a well, good looking Give me another jumper. con for Brisbane. Uh, too close to the Gold Coast. <laughs> Carlton Football Club, pros. Uh, yeah, it's a Melbourne Institute. They're a Melbourne institution. Uh, yep, they certainly are. You might say they're an organisation. You might say that they're a criminal organisation. <laughs> you might. You can. <laughs> Cons. You'll never get to hear... Do you reckon the- any lawyers <laughs> listen to this podcast? <laughs> Cons. You'll never get to hear the song because you're never going to win any games. Yeah, that does seem to be... That doesn't even the case with Carlton. I would say that their pro is like... I don't think that they are necess- Like, they were a once proud club. I think that's how you describe Carlton rather than a proud club still. Like they were a once proud club that's become a bit of a running joke at the moment. Now they might be, you know, a proud club again, but so much of their past is mired in, you know, salary cap rorting and all that sort of stuff as well. And, you know, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, they had John Elliott as president for all those years and he's 
yeah, he was a crook, right? Yeah. And so it's, they have this sort of reputation in my lifetime as being sort of silver tail crooks. You know, I don't think they are necessarily a proud Well, he proud didn't Melbourne say proud club. club. He said Melbourne institution. And that's why I'm saying you yeah, can still true. be an institution yeah. and a corrupt and institution. And that institution is the penitentiary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Collingwood, pros, biggest sporting club in the country. Cons, everyone will assume you have no teeth or taste. Uh, I was born into a Collingwood family. I could be a Collingwood supporter, you know. Um, I dabbled with being a Collingwood supporter as a young person. I don't think um, there's any downside to being a Collingwood supporter because even though you are hated, like there is some, it's like, it's like being hated for being the best. Like, you know, who gives a shit about that? Like, it's awesome to be part of the majority and be hated. Fuck you. Like, you know, we're the no. biggest and the best. There's nothing, there's nothing. And they still have that kind of, even though they're a rich, rich club, they still have that working class connection. So it's not like, their West Coast or something, where they're, or Hawthorne, where they're these private school toffs. It's like, I oh know, they've got, the, they've got the, the, the element of being this big club, but they're still, they'll kick your ass if they have to. And the suburb of Collingwood is actually a really cool suburb now. Yeah. Well, you know? Smith Street is still sketchy as shit. Yeah, but in any really cool suburb, there's going to be a sketchy as shit street, right? That's part of what, as that soon as there's cool. no sketchy, as soon as there's no sketchy as shit streets anymore, it's been completely gentrified and they're moving on to the new, new cooler area. Yeah. So you've always got to keep your one sketchy street. Uh, Essendon Football Club, pro, very loyal fans, con, drug cheats. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that pretty much sums it up. I don't know that very loyal fans is necessarily a pro, especially when you take into account that the team they're loyal to are drug cheats. That sounds like a two well, cons to but me. But they stuck with them. They stuck with those drug cheats, Charlie, and that's important. Yeah, but if you're approaching this from a club you should support, I don't know that I would look at a club and go, look at those people who are blindly sticking to that team that cheats a lot. That must be a club I should support. I'd want more discerning no, supporters. Yeah. If you're shopping at the moment, this is the thing. I, I admire the loyalty of uh, Essendon supporters and the passion of Essendon supporters. Um, they're a bit of a, you know, they, they want to be back what Collingwood is, you know? Yeah. Because they, they could be that as well. They have that sort of cocky strut about them and they are very loyal to their club. And, you know, Essendon has its very distinct identity and a history of great success and all these sort of things. But there's no doubt that they've gone through a period of time where th they did the wrong thing to some degree and they are still, like, in the public. If you are buying, if you're coming in shopping for what club to be, I admire the people who stuck with them. But if you don't need to stick with them, if you're just shopping in you and you've got a choice of all 18 clubs, why are you going to buy something that comes with so much trouble and baggage? Frio, pros, Nat Fife is super hot. Con, they've literally never won a premiership. Yeah, but you can see their first one. I reckon that's actually there's that's to me that would be a pro. Yeah, you're starting fresh. Yeah, none of their other supporters have seen a premiership either. So that first one, if you get to see it, you're going to experience it with those people who followed that club from the beginning. But you're going to be embraced with them because you're you're all there for the first premiership. So no, I I reckon that's a I don't think that's a con. I reckon that's a pro. Uh, the cats. Now this is where I think Nick shows his hand. Pro, greatest team of all. Cats are good. Dangerfield's a great name. They live near the coast. Basically the oldest club in the game. Cons. They're maybe too amazing. <laughs> I mean, he makes a balanced point. And I think that's... Well, what's the con with the cats is... You, you have to live in Geelong. Geelong, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> the Suns, bros, people will be very surprised and want to talk to you about why on earth you support them. <laughs> Cons, yep. they may not survive the next two years. Um, if they don't survive the next two years, it's no great loss to you. You haven't been there from the start. You're just jumping on board. It might just be your first taste and then you'll have some more information going into your... Second team. You know, yeah, into your next team. So I reckon that's okay. I mean, look, I have nothing against the Gold Coast Suns football club. I have a lot against the Gold Coast, the place, but it's not... <laughs> Go on. Say your bloody tagline. Bulldoze it into the ocean. <laughs> All right, the Giants, pros. Probably the very... Uh, probably the best... Probably should be the best team with very nice branding... Cons, Western Sydney, question mark. Are you ever going to go there? Where even is that? Written by someone who is from Geelong. <laughs> oh, he's from Geelong? What a great, what a great surprise that was. <laughs> uh, okay, pros. They, uh, they should be the best team and they have very nice branding. And they last year they came up with probably the best meme in the AFL mm. with a big, big sound meme. Um, Western Sydney. Western Sydney is like a fucking. That's a powerhouse. It's very smart to get in Western Sydney. It's it's a ginormous. Um, I don't know. It's a con necessarily. You know what's the con? Going out to Giant Stadium. The fact that you can only get out there via that train to Homebush. It's a fucking mood killer. And no hot jam donuts. And no hot jam donuts. Hawthorne pros. You'll probably win a hundred premierships in your lifetime. Cons. Everyone will hate you. Well, that's kind of the Collingwood thing, isn't it? I mean, would you see? Would you like to see a, a hundred premierships if everyone would hate you for the rest of your life? Yes. I don't even. I actually don't know if I would. Really? I. I feel like 2016 has spoiled me a little bit. Right. I've been thinking about this a little bit lately. I mean, I've had a lot on, and you know, but I'm not missing the footy as much as I should be missing the footy. The Bulldogs were looking good coming into this season, and. I think maybe that shitty first game kind of, you know, quelled my expectations. But also, I just feel like 2016 was just so good. And I wonder what it would like to be those people who are just like, do you have to do that every third year? Like, I love the it's fact, a lot. I mean, Can't is... I just concentrate on that one time it was good? I love that you are like so willing just to rest on your life. This is the problem with clubs like yours and mine. You win a premiership, you're like, that was awesome. That'll do us the next 50 years. Let's just sit back, everyone relax. Just hang around the middle of the ladder for the next 50 years. It felt a bit of a relief. And particularly even the season after when they were terrible, I was like, thank God. It's exhausting, like paying this much attention to football. <laughs> Melbourne. Uh, pros, amazing team on paper. Con, the supporters eat cheese boards at the footy. I have nothing against cheese boards at the footy. Um, you do have a lot I, against Melbourne. Yeah, I did. Well, yeah, I, I, I just could never bear it for Melbourne. But, um, but cheese boards at the footy is one of the things that would actually get me interested. Uh, North Melbourne, pros, they're okay. Cons, they're okay. I mean, that's actually really good. That's a genuinely great piece of writing because that is what north to a t north to a t never quite bad never quite good they're just okay yeah i mean it is sort of hard for us uh, our generation to to have sort of come up in the 90s when they were a powerhouse when they had like wayne carey and they were like the most intimidating you know they were the brisbane lions before the brisbane lions and to not her, I don't really remember the 70s period of domination, the Malcolm Blight era, but I do remember that quite clearly. And so to sort of see them as this 
middling team. He's, I keep waiting for the giant to awaken. It's like that shin bonus spirit is there. You see it, but when will they ever? Do they? Is there? Is the thing about North Melbourne is they just need one superstar, and then they've got a bunch of just like good ordinary players they can just put around them. But you, you just need that linchpin. I think that we saw an exception to the rule when it comes to North Melbourne. Much like, you know, then you're right. It is those smaller clubs, but they don't have an expectation of sustained success in the way that Collingwood or Essendon or these sort of clubs do, where they just cannot understand why they're not like being successful all the fucking time. You know, like they were dominant. Like we, that was like peak me loving football era. And like they were an amazing football team. Like, Archer and Longmire and Mickey Martin, all those like amazing characters who played for them at the time. And they were just a powerhouse football club. And I mean, Carey obviously was like, you know, but it wasn't just Carey. It wasn't like he was Ben Brown. Like if Wayne Carey had to play with the current North Melbourne team, would they be a top four team? Like is one player as good as Wayne Carey enough that would make the current North Melbourne team a top four team? No, if that was the case, then Frio would be a better team because, you know, Nat Fife, I reckon, is as good as Wayne Carey or as influential a player as Wayne Carey and he can't drag them up the ladder. Corns. <laughs> you don't think? You, you don't think Nat Fife and Wayne Carey are, com- are comparable? I reckon Wayne Carey's in the top of two or three players in the history of the game. Right. Who's at number one for you, Gary Ablett? Lee Matthews. Right. And where, where do you put Gaz Senior? Top five, maybe. Plugger? Top five. I'm going to run out of space. <laughs> you know, that's five. going to be like our top eight predictions. Uh, Port Adelaide. Pros. Very tough and long history of winning. Con. They're the Collingwood of South Australia. Yeah. See, that's it. You don't want to be off-brand Collingwood. You either want to be Collingwood or something completely different. You don't want to be off-brand Collingwood. I agree with that. Yeah. And yeah, there's just... They got good colours though. Like, I mean, if you're looking to just get on board, you know, as a supporter for pure aesthetics, I think that you know, um, teal and white and black is good. There's a lot you can work with there. Uh, the Tigers, pros, best team with the best player, cons. You don't want to jump on the bandwagon, so that isn't really a con. <laughs> that's like that. That is like a that con is like, oh, I'm a workaholic. I'm a perfectionist. But also, why is like. You know, like if the there's the best restaurant in town has a big line out the door, the food t- still tastes as good when you get in there. Yeah. So why not jump on board Richmond? Well, cool I guess colors, it depends cool if you're song. one of those. If you're one of those, if you're like an emo, you know, contrarian, you don't want to, you know, jump on the mainstream. You want to kind of pick an alternative club, then you're not going to go for Richmond. Yeah, but they're an indie band, Richmond. Got like on. it feels like to us. Like, you know, but, because in the last 20 years, they've had that real sort of, ah, oh, if they ever got their shit together, that'd be good. But they're just like a nightmare and they're losing different members of the band and people are out with fucking drug yeah. problems. And like, and then suddenly they got their shit together yeah. and it's just, they're just the biggest band in the world. But there is still some sort of rock and roll history to them that I think they were, you know, would appeal. They were the Brian Jonestown Massacre and now they're yeah. the Foo Fighters. <laughs> they went yeah. from being dysfunctional to just being best friends and... You don't even need to see them play. You just want to watch them hang out with each other because they seem to love each other so much. Pat Smear and Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins. Just like you guys are in love with each other. Uh, the Saints, pros. They're a very cool club. Con, they're not very good at football. Mm-hmm. How yeah. do you feel about that? Um, I'm surprised that we'd still be considered a cool club. I think St Kilda, the neighbourhood, is cool. 
Um, and I don't know if that still applies to us. I mean, we have not been, you know, associated with St Kilda for about 10 years. Like Marabin had a tangential link to St Kilda, but the Seaford years really stole a lot of our cool factor away. Um, I don't know what our identity is at the moment. Like, I think that those Ross line years were uh, essential to kind of like solidifying and giving us the, 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 what do you call rusted on supporters we have now, people like me who sort of stick through them through thick and thin. If we hadn't had that period of almost success in 2009, 2010, but I think uh, the pros about St Kilda is that you could be like when it does happen, if it happens, it's going to be, the most amazing party of all time. Like we are a party club with a tradition of partying and it's been so long since we've been able to party. It's like we are, we've been in AA for 46 years and when we fucking decide that we're just going to have a night off, it's going to be massive. That would be the con is it could be a huge payoff. Uh, the pro, that's the payoff is huge, but the con is like, Fuck Guys, man. we put a specialist coach on for Mad Monday. His name is Van Wilder. <laughs> You've got something to look forward to. We're going to have a good time. I just remember in like those grand final years, living in St Kilda and just seeing how that suburb came alive. Like it was the St Kilda Town Hall. They had red, white, and black hanging like from the pillars yeah. leading to the entrance and every bar. And it was like, oh my god, like Melbourne is behind us. Because <laughs> and then it just, it just didn't happen. So. Anyway, let's move on for that. Sydney, pros, no dickheads policy. Cons, they have some dickheads. <laughs> Do they? I mean, I think they did. I think they've gone back to the no dickheads policy. They got rid of some dickheads. Tippett's gone. Canterbury's at the Saints. Who else did they, you know, that, it sounds like they've, they've gone back to their kind of hard-nosed. They might have some secret dickheads. Like, you know, people that like, we don't know. I suppose like it. Dane Rampy climbing the goalpost and... Yeah. I mean, is the problem is... Or is he like a good dude? I don't know. It's hard to tell with Dane Rampy. Like, yeah. if you just had to have a gut call based on knowing nothing. So this is not like, you know, but literally when I look at Dane Rampy, if I ran into Dane Rampy at a party, I'd be like, either this dude and I are going to have the best night together or he is going to fucking get on my nerves. <laughs> and I can't tell which is the correct answer at this is point. Is it because of his mo? There's just a general vibe that I either go, he'd be a fucking cool person to hang out with or I would really not enjoy his company. Um, I think the problem with Swans players is even if there are dickheads, we don't know who they are. I mean, your best and fairest winner could be the biggest dickhead on the planet and we still don't know who it is. Who was their best and fairest winner last year? We, Who was it? It was a guy, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Moving on. <laughs> West Coast. Pros, uh, everyone forgets you exist if you play badly. Cons, they're so arrogant, it's amazing all their heads fit into a chartered aircraft. I disagree. I think that was West Coast of the mid-noughties. I, I think this West Coast are a different team. I don't think they are arrogant. I think that they're, they're a likable bunch of kind of... I mean, have you seen Nick Nat on Twitter at the moment? He's great. He's doing Nick Nat's doing a podcast. I mean, that's how the mighty have fallen. He's down to our level. Um I hope it's called Chit Chat with Nick Nat, by the way. Uh, can I say, um, I, I think that it's Adam Simpson, right? You know, probably when he left North Melbourne, you know, when instead of giving the gold watch, they probably give everybody a little supply of Shimbona spirit that they can yeah. take with them yeah. and use whenever they need it in, in the rest of your life. And depending on how many games you played, yeah, that's the amount of Shimbona spirit you get to take away from North Melbourne. And, 
Adam Simpson's been sitting on a little bit of that shin bone of spirit and he's been sprinkling it in the water over there in Western Australia. And he's he's just he's you know, he's made them a bit more relatable and working yes. class. And, you know, I, no, I I think if you lived in Western Australia, why wouldn't you barrack for the West Coast Eagles? And it sounds like a very Melbourne-centric perspective to say that everyone forgets you exist if you play badly. I would wager that if West Coast have the dog of a game, the papers over there would be front page and it would be all... Relentless. ...everyone is talking about for the it's entire week. It's all they week. care about or think about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, the Western Bulldogs. Pro, hardworking, lower class, no fuss team. Cons, you'll never go to a game with more than 40,000 in the crowd. <laughs> that is untrue to your final <laughs> grand final day in 2016 when we won the premiership there was 98,000 people at that ground including yeah. myself but how many were bulldog supporters everybody was a bulldog <laughs> supporter that day my friend i don't know that i would consider this current iteration of bulldogs to be lower class no fuss i reckon you've got a shit ton of rolls royces in your team now like it's not like the old days of you know libba and i mean libba senior like I think, you especially considering the way junior footballers are brought into the system now, like the Bulldogs have been handy recipients of some some absolute silk and class and some father. Yeah, in fact, and, sometimes I would suggest that what we could do with it at the moment is a little bit more grunt. Well, if round one you know, showed us anything, it's like you need a yeah, bit of grunt. A lot of great outside runners, but it's not that good to be running outside of someone if that other someone has the ball and you don't. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thanks for that. That was awesome. You gave us a, a great finish there, uh, Nick. Um, uh, let's wrap it up. We've got more mail to get through. So if you want to, that's probably going to be the backbone of our episodes from now on. So if you have any questions or things like that you want to send to us, uh, basically you want to create some content for Will and I to talk about, you can send it to two guys, one cup AFL at gmail.com. That's the number two, the letter one or lowercase. Um, and just, yeah, send it through if we think we can make some material out of it, we will. Uh, you can also check out our other podcast, uh, Tofop, which is like this, but with slightly less football talk. And how would you describe it? It's, it's this, but no football talk. Basically, this exists because occasionally we would talk about football like this on our other podcasts. And some people who listen to that podcast didn't enjoy that bit of the podcast. So instead of us just stopping doing that completely, we thought, let's turn that into a complete other podcast. And that's what you're <laughs> listening to. So this is the spin-off show <laughs> to that other show, which was basically, it was the equivalent of, you know, if you live in a house where you're allowed to keep your stuff, but it's only got to be in one room. Yeah. You know, you ever got the, this has got to go to the shed. Or yeah, you can have yeah. that poster of the 54 grand you've, final, but you can have it in your shed. You've just moved in with your girlfriend type scenario. Yeah. So this is a, this podcast exists because we had to put this stuff somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so here it is. We have another podcast, which is just more about other stuff, but we talk in the same ways we talk on this. Uninformed and unintelligible and we also uh will has a classy one-on-one -on -one interview show called willosophy who's on it this week will um marty sheargold uh who is he a north melbourne supporter marty sheargold he might be a north he looks he looks like he'd be a north melbourne supporter he's no fuss so uh marty sheargold is my guest on willosophy this week and uh all the episodes are still pre-pandemic because i had some up my sleeve so if you're looking for something to listen to to take your mind off what's going on in the world then Willosophy is a good place for that. And uh, Fofop, 
which was another spin-off of our original podcast, TOFOP, which is uh, me with some guest Charlies. Uh, I've done a couple of episodes of that. So uh, with Justin Hamilton as a guest Charlie. And so uh, one is already up and uh, in the next couple of days after you hear this, if you're hearing this when it first comes out, uh, there will be a, a second one of those that is up as well. And if you would like to support our show, I know times are tough, but uh, we also have to pay, pay some people to keep this show running. So you can go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash TOFOP. That's T-O-F-O-P. There's a whole bunch of bonus content on there relating to our other podcasts. Not so much Two Guys, One Cup Footy stuff, but if you like the gist of this show, then I've got a feeling you like the gist of our other shows there. Um, you can check that out. You can also go to our YouTube channel, which is TOFOP TV. Um, I think that's it. Nothing else to plug really, is there? I don't have any shows. No. <laughs> no one does, mate. Mate, I got offered the other day. This is where my life is at. I got offered a minimal amount of money to join in on someone's business Zoom call. Like, you know, to be like, because like, everything's a bit hard at the moment. Could you just come on and be comedic in the corner of our meeting at this thing? And I was like, oh, should I be doing that? I don't actually have another job. Maybe, I should, <laughs> maybe this is what I have to do for a living now. <laughs> anyway, sign up to our Patreon is what I'm saying. Play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one car.